Welcome to church this morning. My name is Andrew. I want to thank everybody for coming here. I want to thank everybody that is watching online. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. All right, we are in a series called More Than a Feeling. We're actually wrapping it up today, uh, a series on love. Before we get into it, I want to talk about this thing that is in my hand. This is our Easter flyer. Now, we didn't get to do it last year, but two years ago, uh, we started something called Passion Week. It is an amazing, amazing week, and it starts on a Wednesday, March 31st. It's called Journey to the Cross, and uh, it'll be here in the sanctuary. We'll set up different stations all around the sanctuary. Um, you'll be able to come and, and uh, look at the, the nails that, that pierced Jesus, uh, his hands and his feet, and, and the crown of thorns, and the whip, and, and we'll have all of these stations, the Station of the Cross, where you can come and bring your family and read about each item. The kids can actually look at it. Uh, it's just an awesome time. It takes about 30 minutes to get through all of the stations, uh, and then we end with communion. Um, I encourage the dads to lead their family in communion. Um, I actually did this for the first time two years ago. Um, my son Zeke was five at the time, and and uh, he goes, Dad, I drank all the blood. I drank it all. And he was like, Dad, is this it? Can I get more? Can I get, I only get one cracker? Come on. Like, it's just, it was an awesome time to just be able to lead my family in communion. And then we got prayer. We went, had uh, our prayer partners will be there that night and pray. Uh, I want to encourage you uh, as a family, go through it. Uh, man, we just had, I just remember from two years ago, so many dads came up to me and thanked me um, that they had never done anything like that with their family, and it just, just uh, brought them closer together. So I want to encourage you that that's on a Wednesday night, and then April 2nd is our Good Friday service. Now, some of you that, that wish we sang more hymns, okay, that night is all about hymns. Come on, somebody. Bring your hymn book that night, okay? Just kidding. Don't bring it. Um, but we will be singing hymns that night uh, between the uh, Lord's Supper and, and, and the time that he gets arrested in the garden. They actually sang hymns on their way. And so that night is all about uh, the suffering of Jesus. We're going to be watching uh, clips of the Passion and the Christ, and we're going to be singing hymns that night. We're going to be taking communion as a community. Now, the Passion of the Christ is rated R because there's blood and and gore in, in that because it does a real great job of depicting what happened to Jesus. So we're going to give parents the, the option whether or not you want your kids to come in that night. Some of you absolutely want your kids to come in, um, but we have another option in the gym. There's going to be an obstacle course, a jumpy castle. So if you give your kids the option, they're probably going to pick that, okay? Um, and so, but we just want to give them the option. It's an awesome time. It's going to be a really somber uh, night uh, just to reflect on what Jesus had, has done for us. And then we'll have a Saturday and, and two Sunday services, and they'll be pretty identical. We have a kids' choir on Saturday night. If you want to come and, and see that, that'll be a little bit different. Uh, we're going to have Easter egg hunts for the kids every service, uh, during service. And so it's going to be an, it's going to be an awesome, awesome time uh, to invite someone. I want to encourage you to invite someone. It's going to be an awesome time the whole, whole week, all right? Passion Week, so get prepared, get ready, mark it on your calendar. It's going to be an awesome time, all right? 
Awesome. So grab one on your way out. Um, some of the ushers will have them. All right, we are in a series called More Than a Feeling. We're actually wrapping it up today. Uh, one last thing. Uh, today's the first of the month. We'll be taking communion together uh, as, as a community. And the only thing that we ask to take communion with us is that you are a follower of Christ, okay? Uh, and if you're not today, in about 30 minutes, I'll give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus, and you can take communion with us. All right, come on, we'll, we'll fix that problem. And so it'll be part of our response time today. I'll transition us into communion, okay? All right. Again, more than a feeling. Part four of our series today. If you miss any of the part, man, go on YouTube. You can listen to our podcast. Um, let me just recap really quick for, for those of you that maybe missed a part or, or have forgotten. Uh, we've been talking uh, about this big subject called love and how our world has done such a great job of diluting that word, right? You use the same word to describe your spouse and how much you like tacos. Do you know what I mean? And, and so that word has been diluted. It's been watered down so much. And, and in part one, we talked about, man, God is love. And we cannot, we don't have the capacity to love outside of God because this is who God is. And then in part two, we talked about, well, if God is love, why does he send people to hell? And then last week, we talked about, well, if God is love, why do bad things happen? Why is there suffering in this world? Again, I encourage you, if you missed any of the parts, uh, go online, go on YouTube, and, and, and watch, okay? And so uh, this morning, part four, we're wrapping up the series today. If God is love, how should we love in a cancel culture? How should we love in a cancel culture? We're, we're living in a culture, we're living in a time where people will cancel you quick for any reason, right? Like, as long as you agree with everything that they're saying, you're, you're good, right? You're okay. But the moment you disagree what they're saying, with what they're saying, they are quick to cancel. So as God's people, as God's people, how do we love in a culture that is quick to cancel us? Come on, let's pray. We'll get into God's word today. Father, we just thank you for this moment. God, I think of every person that's in this room today, God, and watching online. God, open our hearts, open our minds, Holy Spirit, to your eternal word, God. God, we just lift up our country right now in this moment, and President Joe Biden and, and, and Vice President Kamala Harris, we just pray for blessings and wisdom upon their lives, God. We pray for Jared Polis, wisdom and vision for our state, Lord. God, we just thank you for this moment. God, this is your moment, God. Have your way. Over the next 30 minutes, God, have your way in our hearts and our minds, Lord. Help me get out of the way and let it all be about you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. I just want to recap really quick 1 John 4, 7 through 9 today. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. And so today, uh, what I've done is, is 
I've come up with a definition uh, based on how Jesus loves us and, and really based how we should love people in a culture that is quick to cancel us. And really, on my own experience of just being a pastor and being in ministry and how love has affected my life and my wife's life. And so this is the definition that I came up with today. Go ahead and put it up on the screen. Love is giving of oneself to the benefit of others at a cost to you. I won't read again. Love is giving of oneself to the benefit of others at a cost to you. Now, now let's look at this definition and put Jesus in it. Love is giving of oneself. Jesus gave himself, right? He gave himself to us, not for his benefit, right? Not for God's benefit, no, but for the benefit of us, of us right? He didn't get, it wasn't about him, it was about us. He came for us. Love is giving of oneself to the benefit of others at a cost to you. It cost Jesus his life. It cost Jesus his life to show us what love looks like. And this is why when you truly love, when you have God in your life and you truly love and that love walks away or that love is gone for that other person, whether, whether they've passed away or they've just walked out of your life, it always hurts. That's why love always hurts. There's, there, there, there's pain when, when you truly love and that love is gone. Because love always costs us something. There is always some level of sacrifice when we're talking about this kind of supernatural love, the way God loves us and the way God expects us to love each other. There's always a cost. That's why it hurts. That's why it hurts. And, and for Dawn and I, being in ministry for probably about 14, 15 years now, we, we love this way. We love sacrificially. We, we, we've counted the cost. Before we sold everything and moved to this city, a city that we had never been to before, okay, we counted the cost. And we knew that there was going to be a lot of hurt and pain. But we're going to love anyway. We chose that we're going to love anyway. And listen, we've loved a lot of people in our lives. They've just decided, and, and, and some of it, it's God, it's God's doing. It's God's, you know, leading that, that, that couple or that person out in a different direction. But it's always personal. It always hurts when that person walks away. The best example that, that I can give for, for everyone to understand is if you have children, right? Parents, you sacrifice to love your kids. And the older they get, the more they cost, right? You know what I'm saying? Some of you trying to put a kid in college, you know what I mean? Talk about sacrifice, right? Like, but you do it because you love your children. You're willing to sacrifice 
because in the hopes that that love is returned to you, it's, it's worth the sacrifice for that joy and love that you get from your, your children. You know that love costs. You know that love is sacrificial. But you do it because of the love in return. And this is, man, this is how the Heavenly Father loves us. This supernatural love. He loves us with. And, and I, I just want to take a moment. I want you to know that, man, our staff here at PLC, they love you. They love you. And I just want you to know, they're not, they're not working here for fortune and fame. I don't know if you know that, okay? Either one of our staff has a full-time spouse who works full-time, or they work two jobs. I, I just want you to understand, to know that the level of sacrifice and love that our staff has for the people in this community. Listen, Tyler and Sarah, they love your teens. I mean, they love your, like they are passionate about teenagers, and, and man, they are, they are speaking the word of God at youth every Thursday night. They're talking about tough subjects. They're walking your teenagers through difficult times. Come on, being a teenager is harder than ever before with social media and social pressure, and man, they love your teens. And let me tell you, Tyler gets canceled by some teenagers all the time, okay? He gets some nasty text messages. But man, he loves, he loves your teenagers. Man, their team, their, our youth team loves well. That's why it's growing so much every Thursday night. Man, they are, le- they are reaching lost, broken teenagers from our community because they love well. Matt Brown loves community. That's why he is our life group director. Like, that is his passion for our church. And man, he, man, he, let me tell you, this semester for life group is, is by far our best semester ever because of the depth, okay, the depth and the discipleship that is taking place in so many different groups. And it's because, man, it comes from the top down. Matt loves when you get connected, because life groups has changed his life. Man, our kids in kids' church, man, Sean loves your kids. That's why he's doing a VBS. And, and, and man, our kids' team, man, they just love our kids. That's why our kids are flourishing and, and it's growing. And, and, and it's because, and most of you parents know, your kids are annoying about coming to church. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Come on, like they pull you to church because they love it, because they feel the love and the acceptance and the belonging in kids' church. Jimmy loves our babies and our littles. And we, we broke out to five classrooms now because we just want to love better. We, we just want your kids to have even a better experience. Why? Because they love well. They love well. And Pastor Ben and Kelly, man, they love you. 
Man, they love you, and, and their heart is that every single person that walks through those doors would encounter some type of healing, that they would encounter the, the presence of God. Man, that's why Wednesday night, every Wednesday night, they're upstairs praying over people and praying for this church because they love. They're willing to sacrifice their time because they love this community. They love this community. Tammy, she, she is going to be our, our learning center director at King's Kids. And, man, we're excited about this. It hasn't launched yet. We're still waiting for the county. But the whole reason is, is because we want to be able to disciple kids that might never hear of Jesus otherwise. We want to give them an environment where they can encounter God at two, three, four years old. And she loves well. Her staff loves well. Not out of fortune or fame, but, but man, they understand the sacrifice. And, and listen, we get canceled sometimes. We get canceled by people sometimes, and it always hurts. But that's what happens when you love sacrificially and you understand that there is a cost. Man, Pastor Lismar Moon, she loves leading our church into worship. And the best thing for her is when, man, she hears people singing and raising their hands. Man, she wants you to encounter the Holy Spirit as you worship. Love always comes at a cost. It always hurts when it walks away. This is how Jesus loves us. Can you imagine him going through all of those beatings and, and punishment, knowing that there would be some people that would never receive him? But he loved us anyway. 1 John 3, 15 and 17 Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart, and you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. I've never seen anyone put that as a tattoo on their body. And I'm just going to be honest with you today, okay? I did not want to preach this passage. I don't like it. It convicted me. I actually, I actually had a different message today that I was putting together last week, and, and I thought it was good, and, and thought of the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk. and I get Monday, and Monday morning comes, and the Lord's like, you're not, you're not talking about that. You're talk about this. You're going to call people murderers, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I Guys, there are things that I don't want to talk about here, but the Holy Spirit is like, man, what are we doing here? Like, like, like if you don't come to want to draw closer to God, then, then go for a bike ride or something on Sunday. Like, like if you're not coming to like, man, I want to I wanna be launched out into something. Like, I want to come and be convicted. I want to come and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Not so I can just sit on my couch, but so I can be encouraged to go do something to change the world. And that's why I talk about things that are happening in our culture, and that's why I talk about things that are happening in our society. You know, a couple months ago, I talked about abortion, and as Christians, and what abortion is, is that abortion is murder, and, and we should be against it, right? 
but we should also be the church that loves people that have gone through abortions, right? And we should actually want to walk through life with these people. And man, I'll tell you, that week that I preached on abortion, we had so many women go to the prayer cove and come talk to me and say, man, I had I got an abortion when I was a teenager. I got two before I was 15 years old. And you know, you know what came out of that? We have a group of women. We have an abortion group that helps women heal from that decision, that, that, that mistake that they made many, many years ago. Come on, like that is, that is why I preach. So we would be stirred up to go do something to go love our world, okay? That is fruit of a, of, a, of a hard message, right? That's a fruit of a hard message, okay? And I, I love that you guys are here. You're here because you're hungry. You're here because you're ready to go to the next level. And so you're willing to hear that you might be a murderer, okay? <laughs> Let's read the rest of the. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? It, guys, it doesn't get any harder than that, okay? Jesus, I mean, John is saying, man, we should know because Gee, man, we know that Jesus died for us, right? And so if there's anybody, and we've been talking about compassion every single week, we, we discovered that this, this, this series has all been a, about us having compassion for people who don't have God, compassion for people that don't have love, having compassion for people that are eternally destined to, to spend eternity in hell, right? That we should have compassion for these people. And John is saying we should have compassion for people at a level that when we see someone in need, we should want to meet the need. You see, because love costs something. It might cost you money. Right? Jesus says, if someone needs clothes, to clothe them. If someone's hungry, we should feed them. If someone's in prison, we should go visit them. Well, what Jesus is, is saying is that love costs. It, it might, sometimes it costs money. Sometimes it costs resources. Sometimes it costs your time to spend time with that person to show them love. And as believers, we're the only one that can actually produce this type of love this supernatural, sacrificial love. And so if you've been to a wedding recently, you've probably heard this scripture uh, quoted uh, during a wedding. Uh, I like to use this passage uh, for a wedding, you know, passage to, to teach on it. But this passage is actually not just spousal love, okay? This is... You know, remember, Paul's talking to the church, and this is actually how we should love each other. And not just each other, but this is how we love a world that is quick to cancel us. And this is how God loves us. 
1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Love is patient and kind. Now, I also want you to flip this around, okay? Love is loving people who are not patient and kind. Right? That, that, right? Because God is calling us to love people who are quick to cancel us, quick to ignore us, quick to, to, to write us off, right? Delete us as, as social media friends or not return phone calls or, or whatever, right? These are the people that God is calling us to love, people who are not patient and people who are not kind. We can only love these people through the supernatural love that comes from the Holy Spirit. Love is patient and kind. Let me, let me tell you, okay, let's just read this sentence. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude, okay? We're going to come back to jealous in a moment. How easy is it to love people that are always braggadocious, always proud, and always rude? But these are the people that God is asking us to love, people that are always bragging, people that are always filled with pride, people that are rude. Now listen to me. Here at this church, we're not going to be rude Christians, okay? Like, like, that's like the worst thing is being unkind and rude followers of Christ. Okay, just don't do that. Don't be rude. Don't be unkind. Listen, the book of Romans actually says it's, it's God's kindness that turns us to repentance. It's his kindness. And how does God show his kindness? He shows his kindness through his people. So stop being rude. All right, let's go back to jealous. <sighs> Love is not jealous. If you struggle with jealousy, okay, you have a love problem. You have a love problem. And, and I know some of you are like, well, pastor, if you know, if you would have known what my spouse did to me, or my fiance, or my boyfriend or girlfriend, if, you, if you've known the trust that they, they broke with me, And if you, you struggle with jealousy today, and we'll talk about outside of relationship jealousy in a moment. If you struggle with jealousy today, you're struggling with a love issue. Because if they've repented, you should have forgiven them. So if you struggle with jealousy at any, you know, any level of, of, man, I don't know if I can trust them. Listen, you are struggling with a love issue, and you need to give it to God. Now listen, if you're the spouse causing the other spouse to have jealousy, stop inciting your spouse to jealousy. If you're having inappropriate relationships with people, with coworkers, with friends, cut it out. Stop emailing, stop texting, cut it out. Stop doing that because you got a love problem too. And if you need help, we have resources here at Passionate Life Church. If you're struggling with your marriage, man, we, we have a marriage group. We, man, Pastor Ben and Kelly, they love to walk through 
things with our, our married couples here at Passionate Life Church. But just don't stay in jealousy, okay? If you're jealous, you have a love problem. And God doesn't want us to live. Man, jealousy is nasty. It is a nasty demonic spirit that you don't have to continue to live with. Now, let's, let's talk about jealousy outside of relationship. There's, there's jealousy that can take place in, in our workplaces, right, where, where we can get jealous of a coworker or, or, or jealous of, of someone whose business is flourishing. And, 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 man, I used to struggle with jealousy. I used to struggle with jealousy and just being like, God, you know, why is, is, is that church flourishing and ours isn't? And is it because you love them more than you love me? Come on, somebody. We love to do this. Those of you that are single, come on, somebody, you're like, come on, Jesus, like, I'm better looking than her, but she's got a ring on it, like, what's going on? Maybe God is asking us to fix our love problem before he brings someone, before he adds someone to that relationship. Come on, God's got a purpose and a plan. Stop comparing your life to somebody else. I've got a a plan, a purpose for each and every one of us. Get rid of jealousy. God loves us so much. He loves us so much. Let's continue. It does not demand its own way. This type of person's easy to love, right? Always demand their own way, right? Like, These are the people that God, like this is a hard message, guys. Like this is hard, but this is why this love that comes from God, this this Holy Spirit love is supernatural. Because I'm telling you, when you start to love rude people and impatient people and people who demand their own way all of the time, they're going to be like, why are you being nice to me? Nobody's nice to me. And you begin to plant seeds in these people's hearts. And God begins to work on them doesn't demand its own way it is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong now listen if you don't have your coffee in the morning that is not an excuse to be irritable No, no elbowing. <laughs> Come on. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wrong. In relationships, any type of relationship, we love to keep records. Tallies. Well, I did this for this person, but they didn't do this for me. That is not love. Love keeps no record of being wronged. Again, this isn't easy. This is a supernatural love that comes from the Holy Spirit that God is asking. This is the way we should love. We want to change the world. We want to change the world that's canceling everything. We just love people this way. They're going to be like, I just canceled you. Why are you, why are you bringing me coffee? Why, why are you bringing me gifts? Why are you being encouraging to me right now. Like, this is how God is asking us 
to love because it changes people. It changes people. Keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Who's the truth? Jesus is the truth. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And in any situation where Jesus wins out, we should be rejoicing, we should be encouraging, man, we should be cheering, right? Like, man, whenever God wins out in a situation, we should be the first to rejoice. We should be the first uh, of celebrating one another's wins. Love never gives up. Okay, this last sentence. Okay, I really feel like we need to understand that this last sentence is this is how God loves us. And when you start to understand how God loves us, it should become easier to start loving other people, okay? This is how God loves us. Love never gives up. God never gives up on us. No matter how many bonehead decisions we make, God is still like... I still believe in you, Andrew. That was really dumb, but I still believe in you. I'm not giving up. God hasn't given up on our country. He hasn't given up on humanity. God in heaven's like, man, I still got some people. I still got a remnant. Man, I got still some faithful people that are praying, that are believing for revival. Man, I'm not giving up on humanity. So we shouldn't give up on humanity. God never gives up. He never loses faith. This is like, he never loses faith in us. He's like, that's my plan, and I'm sticking to it. Humans are my plan. Man, my children are my plan. They're going to be the light of the world. I'm not going to send angels to lead people to Jesus. I'm not going to have the rocks cry out. I'm not going to have animals talk and lead people to Christ. No, it's humanity. It's my, it's my children that are going to be the light of the world. God never loses faith. He never loses faith in us. No matter how many dumb things we do or how many mistakes we make, he never loses faith. He never gives up. He never loses faith. He's always hopeful. Come on. You should be hopeful today. Come on, I know there's, there's things happening in our world. Be hopeful because God is hopeful when he looks at your life, when he looks at your marriage. It might not be hopeful for today, but God looks at your marriage and he sees a great marriage. He looks at your family. He sees a great, healthy family. He looks at your life and man, he's like... They're going to get there. Never loses hope in us. Never loses hope. And endures through every circumstance. Every circumstance. No matter what you're going through today, God knows you're going to get through it. Because he's hopeful. His love is hopeful. His, his love never gives up. His love believes in us. So whatever we're going through today, we're going to get through it. Amen?
I want to end with this passage, John 13, 34 through 35, before we jump into response time. I want to end with this. Jesus says this. So now I am giving you a new commandment, love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And so what Jesus says is when you love, it proves to the world that you're different, that you're set apart, that you have something different inside of you than the rest of the world has. You have this love that never gives up. You have this love that's always hopeful. You have this love that's faithful to the end. And when we show this love to the world, this is what draws the world to Jesus. Come on, let's love well today. Let's love well this week and change our world. Amen. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes today as we go into our response time today. Maybe you'd say today, Pastor, I've never said yes to Jesus and and I need to today. Or maybe you've drifted from the truth and you just need to make a recommitment to Christ today. Recommitment that you're going to follow him. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you today, if you just want to make a commitment to Christ, just go ahead and slip up your hand. I'm not going to have you do anything embarrassing. Yes, just slip up your hand. We're going to say a prayer. Yes, you can put your hands down. And I would just ask that everybody just repeat this prayer this morning as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sins, that you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's rejoice this morning. Come on.